the title of the message is this morning is by faith Rahab perished not by faith Rahab perished not but before I start my message I wanted to share a powerful testimony that I that I found this morning or this past few months and this is about on the Titanic and uh, it was the night the Titanic sank in 1912 on April 14th 1,528 people went into the frigid waters. John Harper, after putting his only daughter on a lifeboat, was seen swimmingly, swimming frantically to people in the water, leading them to Jesus before the hypothermia became fatal. Reverend Harper swam up to one young man who had climbed on a piece of debris. Reverend Harper asked him between breaths, are you saved? The young man replied that he was not. Harper then tried to lead him to Christ only to have the young man who was in near shock reply no. John Harper then just took, took off his life jacket and threw it to the man and said, you then need this more than I do and swam away to other people. A few minutes later, Harper swam back to the young man and succeeded in leading him to salvation. Of the 1,528 people that went into the frigid water that night, six were rescued by the lifeboats. One of them was this young man on the debris. Four years later, at a survivor's meeting, this young man stood up and in tears recounted how John Harper had led him to Christ. Harper had tried to swim back to help other people, yet because of the intense cold, and uh, intense cold had grown too weak to swim. His last words before going under the frigid water were, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Does Hollywood remember this man? No. Oh well, no matter. The servant of God did what he had to do. While other people were trying to buy their way onto the lifeboats and were selfishly trying to save their own lives, John Harper gave up his life so that others could be saved. Now that is a powerful testimony. And we never know when the door will be shut. You know, after we die, the door is shut. You can't be saved after you die. You never know. One day the door is going to be shut. But just think of this pastor, just think of this man of God swimming in that cold uh, water of the Atlantic Ocean, trying to lead others to Christ. And then just think of this last young man. He's dying. You know, in a few minutes he'd be dead. You know, you know he, he's floating around on a piece of debris. This was his last chance to receive Christ. This could be your last chance to receive Christ. We don't know tomorrow. The next message I'll be preaching next month or the next time I preach will probably be the door will be shut. I'm working on that right now. The door will be shut. But today the message is by faith Rahab perished not. By faith Rahab perished not. In the world of sports, each sport has its hall of fame. The heroes hall of uh, the football gridden are they're enshrined, they're enshrined at the football hall of fame in Canton, Ohio. The heroes of the baseball diamond are enshrined at the baseball hall of fame in Cooperstown, New York. Did you know that God has a hall of fame? Did you know that God has a hall of fame? God's hall of fame is found in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is where God has enshrined the greatest heroes of the Christian faith. I could not think of a greater honor than to be in God's hall of fame of our faith. So I, I want to concentrate on one, one member of God's hall of faith. That's Rahab the harlot. Rahab the har harlot. For those of you that don't know what harlot means, 
It means prostitute. It means prostitute. Let's read Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verses 30 and 31. It says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encompassed about for seven days. And, and uh, by faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed um, when she received the spies with peace. Now it says, By faith Rahab perished not. By faith Rahab perished not. I want you to concentrate on those words. By faith, Rahab perished not. By faith, Rahab perished not. I'm not going to read all of chapter 11, but I want to tell you of some of the members of God's great hall of faith. The Holy Spirit always introduces the members of God's illustrious hall of faith with the words, by faith. By faith. Now, why does he do that? Why are they introduced by faith? Well, in Hebrews 11, it says, 11, 6, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. So without faith, it is impossible to please God. You have to reach out in faith. Not through your mind, not through your senses, not through your emotions. You have to reach out to God in faith. Therefore, the way to please God is with faith. The way to please God is with faith. And this is why the Holy Spirit had the writers of Hebrews introduce each member of, of the Hall of Faith by faith. Because faith pleases God. This is why these people are in God's Hall of Fame. Their faith. I'm going to paraphrase Hebrews chapter 11 a little bit. It says, by faith the elders obtained a good report. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Enoch was translated to heaven and never saw death. By faith, Noah built the ark and was saved in his family. By faith, Sarah bore Isaac, the child of promise, when she was past her childbearing age. By faith, Abraham offered up Isaac to God. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. By faith, Jacob blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning on his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, commanded that his bones be brought into the promised land. By faith, Moses chose to suffer affliction with the people of God, then enjoy the riches and pleasures of Egypt. And then we get to Rahab in verse 31, and it says, By faith, Rahab the harlot perished not. By faith, Rahab the harlot perished not. Or we could say, by faith, Rahab the prostitute perished not. So I want to say that again, by, by faith, Rahab, the harlot, perished not. Now think of the names on the list. Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, those were the big three. Many times in the Bible, God is de described as the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And then there's Abel and there's Enoch and there's Noah and there's Sarah and there's Isaac. And there's Joseph and Moses. And then Rahab, the harlot, Rahab, the prostitute. How can that be? Did God made a, make a mistake? How can that be? Did God make a mistake? So, so uh, did God make a mistake? And, and I want to tell you this, that God did not make a mistake. God never makes a mistake. He never does. Rahab is in God's hall of fame or God's hall of faith for one reason. That was her faith. That was her faith. Now, the story of Rahab should encourage us. 
The story of Rahab should encourage us. If God can use Rahab, if God can save Rahab, then God can save and use us. Amen? Amen. So if Rahab's faith pleased God, then our faith can touch and please God. If Rahab's faith could please God, then our faith can touch and please God. So let's take a look at who Rahab was. Rahab was a harlot. Rahab was a prostitute. She lived in the city of Jericho. In fact, her, her house was built into the outer wall that surrounded the city for protection. And it's thought that from this window overlooking the wall, Rahab could see travelers who came by her city even before they entered into the gates. Now, if Rahab saw a handsome young man about to, to enter the city, she could lean out of her window and call to him if she wanted. So Rahab could not have asked for a better place to live for her business, the business of prostitution. So, so just think of that. Now, she was a woman who would sell her body for the pleasure of men. When men traveled great distances to come to her city, all she had to, let them, all she had to do is let them know that she was available. Hey, handsome. Hey, hey, strong man, want to have some fun? That's all Rahab had to do. She could lean out that, woman, that window and, and coax them, entice them. Now let me ask you this. How many hearts do you think that Rahab broke? How many homes do you think that Rahab destroyed? How many families do you think that Rahab ripped apart? How many marriages do you think that Rahab ruined? And she did it all for the love of money. So think of that. Now, it wasn't that Rahab was homeless or living on the streets. You know, she had a home. She had a home. And it wasn't that Rahab didn't have people that loved her because, you know, her family, her mother, her father, her brothers and sisters, they lived right there in the same city, Jericho. No, she sold her body because of money. And a lot of people, they sell themselves for money. In business, they sell themselves for money. In politics, they sell themselves for money. So all through the Bible, wherever Rahab's name is mentioned, right next to it are the words harlot. How would you like that? Every time that Rahab's name is mentioned, right next to it are the words harlot. So, so harlot or prostitute. Now that's how she'll always be remembered. Now knowing Rahab's background, how could Rahab enter God's hall of faith? How could she? Did God make a mistake? Well, we'll see how Rahab's faith got her in, in uh, God's hall of fame. I want to show you, I, I want to give you a little background on Jericho. It was a city on the plains just west of the Jordan River. It was the oldest city in the world at that time, at the time of Joshua. Jericho was in the promised land in Canaan that God promised Israel they could have. Jericho was surrounded by a system of massive walls for protection. Now the outer wall was six feet wide and 20 feet high. The inner wall was 12 feet thick and 30 feet high. And between the walls, there was a guarded walkway about 15 feet wide. So I'm telling you about how massive the walls of Jericho were so you realize how big the miracle that God did. That's why I'm sharing this with you. I want you to see how massive the walls of Jericho were so you can realize how big the miracle was that God did. Do you need a big miracle in your life this morning? Nothing's too big for God. Right. Nothing's too big for God, whatever it is. Amen? Amen? Now, at the time of Joshua, Jericho contained 20 to 40,000 people. At the time of Joshua, Jericho contained 
20 to 40,000 people. The people of Jericho were very prosperous. They worked hard by day and they partied by night. And they filled their life with every amusement, every comfort, and every pleasure. Sounds like our, our country right now, doesn't it? That, that, that's, you know, they were very prosperous. They worked hard by day. They partied by night. And they filled their life with every amusement, amusement every com comfort, and every pleasure. But the people of Jericho did not release, realize it. But they were a people who were cursed of God. They were a people that were cursed of God. Forty years earlier, because of their sin, God had marked the city for total destruction because of their sin 40 years ago. So th their days were up. You know, they were, they were about to be damned forever. So that's the position that, that every person's in, really, that's not saved, that has not accepted Jesus. You know, judgment is coming. Damnation is coming. That's the position of everyone. Now, in John 3.36, it says, He who believes on the Son, that's Jesus, has everlasting life. And he who believes not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him right now. Abides on him. The, you know, the unsaved, they don't realize that, but the wrath of God abides on them now. The wrath of God abides on them now. If you're not saved, the wrath of God abides on you now. So, if you died today, do you know that you'd go to heaven? If you died today, do you know that you'd go to heaven? So judgment and destruction was coming to Jericho. Now let's pick up the story in Joshua chapter 2 and verse 1. And I'm not going to read all the scripture, you guys can read it. But in Joshua chapter 2 and verse 1 it says, And Joshua the son of Nun sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly saying, Go view the land, and even Jericho. And they went and came into a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Now let me ask you this. Why did Joshua have to send out two spies? Why did Joshua have to, have to send out two spies? Uh, what, tacti what tactical information did the spies uh, come to Jericho to obtain? Did they need to know how thick the walls were? I don't think so. There's no way that those walls were going to be taken down by anything that the army of Israel could do. So they didn't need that, that information. Did they, know what, did they have to know what kind of weapons they'd, have to, they'd need to defeat the, the, the city of Jericho? I don't think so. God was going to do this miracle. Israel was advancing on Jericho on the command of God with the power of God. So the spies weren't sent there for, sent there for that reason. So why did God, Joshua send two spies into Jericho. Why did Joshua send two spies into Jericho? So, and another question that I have is, why did the spies go to the house of a har the harlot? Just think of how many houses and homes there were in Jericho, and they go right to Rahab's house, the house of a prostitute, the house of a harlot. I believe that God sent those spies to Rahab's house to witness to Rahab. That was the only reason that God sent them into Jericho. God sent those two spies, those two witnesses, into, into, into Jericho, to Rahab's house, to witness to Rahab, to tell her about God, to prevent her from going to, to, to hell or her destruction. As we'll see, Rahab had a heart that was open to God. Rahab had a heart that was open to God. Is your heart open to God this morning? 
Rahab had a heart that was open to God. Is your heart open to God this morning? So, now she'd heard about God. She wanted God in her life, but she didn't know how to be saved. And there's many people that want God in their life, but they don't know how to be saved. That's why God has to send us to witness and share with them sometimes. But that, that's why God sent two witnesses to Rahab's house. She had an open heart to God. I want to say this, and this is very important. At some point in every person's life, God will send out a witness to share Christ with you. At some point in every person's life, God will send out a witness to share Christ with you. Amen. This might be the last witness that you ever get. This could be the last witness that you get. Now, if God can't send out a witness that can speak to you, he'll speak to you himself. He created us. He can speak to us. He can speak to us through circumstances. He can speak to us through our thoughts. He can speak to us through our dreams and our visions. But how you respond to that witness will determine your eternal de destiny, heaven or hell. How you respond to that eternal witness will determine your eternal destiny, heaven or hell. And I have to tell you, at one time in my life, I was pretty hard toward God. At one time in my life, I was pretty hard toward God. And then the witness came from God, uh, and I did not respond in the proper manner. The witness came from God, but I did not respond in the proper manner. I was in graduate school at the University of Wisconsin in Madison, and I bought gas, and I went into the station to pay for the gas, and I paid for the gas, and the lady behind the counter gave me a track, shared Jesus with me. And I got so mad, I said, look, lady, I buy gas here and not religion. And I threw the track on the floor, and I walked out the door, and that lady must have thought there was no hope for me. So there, there's a time that I was witness to, and I did not respond in the correct way. My heart was wrong. My heart was wrong, but praise God, God gave me another chance. Fortunately, God sent me another witness. Now, through my, my circumstances, my first wife left me when I was in graduate school. In graduate school, you have to work hard. There's no money. She left me. I had finished all of my coursework for my PhD, and my wife left me for another man. And, and it was in that hurt and pain I reached out to Jesus. That's how I came to Christ. And that was the best decision that I ever made in my entire life. Amen. So that, that was when I was 21 years of old. So, so, no, what if God didn't give me a second chance? He could have closed the door the first time. You don't know when your last chance is going to come. You don't know when your last chance has come. Now, when the witness comes from God, do like Rahab did, respond with a good heart. When the witness comes from God, uh, from God, do like Rahab did, respond with a good heart. It will determine your eternal destiny, heaven or hell. And then in Joshua chapter 2 and verses 9 through 11, it says, And she said unto the men, this is Rahab, I know the Lord your God has given you uh, this land and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the land dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Shine and Og, who you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. 
For the Lord your God is the God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. And then in verse 10, Rahab said, we have heard. So she said, we have heard. We have heard. That's very important. Are you hearing this morning? We have heard. We have heard. We have heard. And and in verse 9, Rahab said, I know the Lord your God has given you this land. I know the Lord your God has given you this land. Now notice, Rahab knew that destruction was coming to Jericho. Rahab knew that destruction was coming to Jericho. She said, I know that God has given you this land. Rahab didn't say that God was unjust. Rahab did not try to excuse herself. Rahab knew that she had sinned against God. Rahab knew that she had hurt many people. Rahab's heart was convicted because she knew she deserved God's judgment. And that's where we all are. We, you know, we, before, Christ, before we accept Christ, uh, we all deserve God's judgment. Amen? Amen. But Rahab reached out to God for salvation and mercy. Rahab reached out to God for salvation and mercy. In Joshua chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, it says, Now therefore I pray you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have showed kindness, that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a token and that you will save alive, alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all, they, uh, and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. Now, Rahab's pleas were not just for her. Rahab's pleas were not just for her. Rahab's pleas were her for her family. Rahab's pleas were not just for her. Rahab's pleas were for his family. And the spies responded to Rahab telling her, what to do in Joshua chapter 2 verses 18 through 20 it said they said she must keep a scarlet uh, or red cord out of her window it said that she must bring her entire family into her house her father her mother her brothers her sisters their entire families and she must not tell anyone about the spies business now I want to tell you some aspects about Rahab's faith it was a saving faith it was a saving faith you know, she had to put that red cord out the window and keep it there. And you know what the red cord or the scarlet cord pointed to? Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Jesus would die on the cross for our sins. And that's where our faith has to be today. Our, our faith has to be in Jesus and what he did at the, on the cross. And, and uh, so she had to throw it out the window for everybody to see and keep it there. And, and Rahab said in verse 21, According to your words, so be it. So the spies told her that, and Rahab said, according to your words, so be it. Now John 3.16, this is the first scripture that I ever taught my son when he was a little, 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 I don't even know how old he was, but as soon as I had the chance, this is the first verse that I taught Justin. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is the conditions God has given us today. We're to ask Jesus to forgive us. We're to put our faith in Jesus and what he did at the cross. Amen? Amen. Will you say to God, as Rahab did, God, according to your words, so be it. God, according to your words, so be it. You see, salvation's simple. A child can do it. Salvation today from the wrath of God is simple. All we have to do is ask God to forgive our sins and invite him into our life as our Lord and Savior. Amen? Now, another thing about Rahab's faith was it was a singular faith. It was a singular faith. It's, now, I want to say this. 
It's the easiest thing in the world to believe what everybody else does, but it's very difficult to believe something that nobody else does. I want to say that again. It's the easiest thing in the world to believe what everybody else does, but it's very difficult to believe, in, believe something when no one else does. Now just think about this. There were 20 to 40,000 people in Jericho, and they did not believe what Rahab believed, but she believed anyway. You know, in America right now, in the United States, there's very few people that believe. There's thousands and thousands, millions of unbelievers, and they don't believe that the way that we do, but, you know, it's said that dead fish always float downstream. It's only a live fish that can swim upstream against the current. I want to say that again. Dead fish always float downstream. It's only a living fish that can swim upstream against the current. Now, the Bible also tells us this in Matthew chapter 7 and verses 13 and 14, that there are more people going to hell than there are to heaven. There are more people going to hell than there, there is to heaven. Hear what the scripture says. So this is Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. It says, enter you in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. So the gate to destruction, the gate to hell, is wide. It's wide. But now it talks about the other gate. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. So there's more, many, 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 many more people that are going to hell than to heaven. So I don't think you should base your eternal future, your, the issue of your salvation on what other people think, do you? I don't think that you should base uh, your eternal salvation, your eternal life, on the, on, and follow the crowd or what other people think. Now, there's one place where everyone believes there's a God. There's one place where everyone believes that Jesus is a Savior. There's one place where everyone knows that there's a heaven and a hell. Do you know where that place is? Hell. Hell. There's no non-believers in hell. They all know there's a God. They, they all know there's Jesus the Savior. But for them, it's too late. Despite the witnesses that God gave them, they rejected him. And then judgment came and they were destroyed. The good thing is, it's not too late for anyone hearing my words. It's not too late for anyone hearing, I should say, the word of the Holy Spirit. It, it's, it's not too late to respond to the call of the Holy Spirit. Also, Rahab's faith was a stable faith. It was a faith that was stable, not here today and gone tomorrow. Rahab had a stable faith. Just think of Rahab. The, the spies did not tell her when they would come back. The spies did not tell her, you know, when Israel would attack. But she dutifully kept that red cord out the window. She had to wait. Now, faith always waits for the promises of God to be fulfilled. Faith always waits for the promises of God to be fulfilled. And I can't, every miracle that I've had in my life, I had to wait and believe God. But the miracle came. And in a couple weeks, I'm going to share another big miracle that's happening in my life, but not, not, not today. Okay, now it says, But finally Israel came, and the Lord parted the Jordan River for them to cross the river. Now just think of that. He parted the Red Sea. Now Jericho could, or Jericho could see the Jordan River. Just, just think of what the people in Jericho thought when they saw the Jordan part and the nation of Israel, the armies of Israel, crossing the river. Then, you know what Israel did? They came the first day, and the, the priests blew the, their horns, and the army of Israel marched 
all the way around the walls of Jericho. That's all they did. That doesn't sound like a brilliant military tactic, does it? They just came out, blew the horn, you know, marched around uh, Jericho. And, and they did the, the same thing on the second day. They did the same thing on the third day. They, they, they did the same thing on the fourth day. What were the people in Jericho thinking? What, what were they thinking? You know, they had these massive walls to protect them, and here's these crazy Israelites, and they're, they're just marching around the city. But they came again on the fourth day, and the fifth day, and the sixth day. So think of how Rahab's faith was tried. But Rahab kept the red cord hanging out her window. Think of what her family must have been saying. Rahab told them she had to get them into the house. Think of what her family must have been saying. You know, think of what the people of Jericho were saying. Now, I want to ask you another question. How did Rahab keep her family in her house? How did Rahab keep her family in the house? You, you, know, you, you know, for all those days, but... But when the children of Israel came out on the seventh day, you know, this time they marched around the city of Jericho seven times. And then the priests blew the horns and the people of Israel shouted. And the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. Amen. And guess what? When the dust settled, there was one house left standing. And that was Rahab's house. And Rahab and her family were saved from destruction. In life, even as Christians, we have trials, we have difficult times, but we must have a stable faith. We must keep our faith in Jesus and what he did at the cross. We must keep our faith in, in the promises of God and never waver. Amen? Amen? Now, Rahab also had a self-denying faith. Rahab also had a self-denying faith, uh, faith. Do you know that she risked her life to save the spies? She risked her life to hide the spies. She knew that if the spies were found in her house, she'd be put to death. She knew that if the spies were found in her house, she'd be put to death. And then she would not only be known as Raymond, uh, uh, Rahab the harlot, she'd also be known as Rahab the traitor. Rahab's faith, faith was willing to risk all for Christ. Rahab's faith was willing to risk all for Christ. Are you willing to risk all for Christ? One last thing about Rahab's faith. It cared about the lost. One th last thing about Rahab's faith, it cared about the lost. Immediately when Rahab made her decision for God, she wanted her father, her mother, her brothers, her sisters, and everyone she loved safe from the destruction that she was coming. R remember, she immediately, she, she, pled, she pleaded with uh, the two witnesses, you know, for her mother, her father, her brothers, and her sisters. So do you have a faith that is so vibrant that you will share Jesus with your family and those that you love? Do you have a faith that is so vibrant that you will fare, uh, share Jesus with your family and those that you love? If you don't share Jesus with them, who will? If you don't share Jesus with them, who will? If you don't pray for them, who will? Amen? Amen. Now for me, it's the hardest thing in the world to share Jesus with my family. It's the hardest thing in the world to share Jesus with my family. Why? Because I love them and, and I don't want them to reject me. You know, I don't, I don't want them to reject me. I love them. You know, I don't want them to reject me. And also, my family knows everything about me. They knew John when John wasn't saved. They've seen bad John come out. Maybe when we're talking politics or something, they've seen bad John come out. From time to time, my children, Justin and Kirsten, 
they saw bad dad come out. Okay? So believe me, my family knows my weaknesses and my family knows my failures. And because of that, it's hard for me to share Jesus with them. Now think of Rahab. She was a prostitute. She'd probably embarrassed her family many times. Just think of her, Rahab. She was a prostitute. She was a harlot. Uh, she probably embarrassed her family many times. Why would her family listen to her? Why would her family listen to her? How could Rahab get them to stay in her house? Of all the houses in Jericho, her family knew what happened in that house. How could she get them to stay in her house? But it was because of her faith that they listened to her. Her family knew that Rahab loved them. And her family sensed that Rahab really believed what she was telling them. And that's why they responded to her plea, because of her love and her faith in Christ. So do you have that kind of faith? Will you share Christ with others? Rahab did. And now you know why Rahab is in, in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, the great hall of faith. Rahab had a great faith that pleased God. And by faith, Rahab perished not. By faith, Rahab perished not. Amen. So if there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus as the Lord and the Savior, I don't want to embarrass you, but uh, if you'd like to invite Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior, uh, I'd like you to come forward and I'd be glad to pray with you. Is there anyone here that wants to accept Jesus?